Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, it's Lloyd Spence. And look, the NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Guys, listen, I've been over to Bet Online. You have got to see the line they have going on whether or not Trevor Lawrence is going to the NFL. That'll make you go get your debit card. Listen, from the game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always an online casino. Man, that thing never closes. I mean, you can go in there any time of night. So listen, head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. Bet Online, your online sports experts. Hey everybody, it's Lloyd Spencer. Listen, I gotta tell you, you're missing out on all the fun because you're not on the Noisemakers page. That's right, the Noisemakers page. You're missing out on great shows like the Daily Podcast, Talking Noise, Believe in the ACC, The Five with the Five Crew, Uncorked Wine on Saturday nights, and now Daddy and the Girls on Saturdays and I still do with me and Mrs. Noise. Come on, guys. You got to get over to the Noisemakers page. Facebook, that's where we are. Facebook.com forward slash Noise Media Makers. That's Facebook.com Noise Media Makers. Get on over there and join the community and have a good time every day on the Noisemakers page. I'll see you there. You are now listening to Believe in the ACC with my husband, Mr. Talking Noise, Lloyd Spence, and our brother, Heisman Trophy and Florida State legend, Charlie Ward. And now, Lloyd and Charlie. Go get them, fellas. Well, here we are once again this week. Ready to show that we believe in the ATP. I am Lloyd Spence. That is Charlie Ward over there with his nice hoodie on. Hoodie, that looks like a hoodie. Okay, yeah, I like that hoodie. That's not. Oh, look at Charlie! I like that, Charlie. Looks good, man. <laughs> well, we're glad to be here with you guys for another night uh, or morning, depending on when you are consuming this podcast and um, ready to break down some ACC everything. So before we start, I want to give a very special happy Veterans Day to all of our veterans out there. We appreciate your service to this great country of ours. And uh, we do not take the freedoms that you fight for lightly. So we salute each and every one of you and honor you on this day. I have a uh, a grandfather and two fathers and a mother-in-law who all serves and some cousins and uncles and a whole host of people. So I always want to make sure that I give them the love that they so richly deserve on Veterans Day. Uh, same here. Um, of course, I have, we all think we all have someone as, um, you know, a veteran that we're celebrating today and appreciate uh, the things that they uh, fought for. Uh, the freedoms that we have today um and happy veterans day yeah happy veterans day shout out to you marco we see you out there bro so marco uh, so we are live and ready to go 
Uh, before we get into the football, uh, man, you saw the uh, ACC basketball schedule has been released. There is a predicted order uh, to this year's uh, ACC. They got Virginia at number one, Duke at number two, the uh, defending ACC champions, the Florida State Seminoles at uh, number three, North Carolina number four, Louisville number five, uh, six is the Syracuse, followed by Miami, NC State, Georgia Tech, and Clemson rounding out the top 10. Uh, the, the remaining 15 is Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, Pitt, Boston College, and Wake Forest. But uh, I know it's awfully early. We haven't had time to go through every team so far. But do you disagree with any of that so far? Uh, that sounds about right to me, but I was wondering what you were thinking, Charlie. I mean, at this point, it's all – all uh, predictions. Uh, yeah, we don't know what what's going to happen throughout this year, especially. Uh, you know, normally you you wouldn't have any major issues outside of injury, right? Uh, but now with COVID, um, you know, teams missing games. Uh, probably, you know, at some point there will be teams missing a few games uh, due to you know the. the the trace contact tracing. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how teams are going to navigate, you know, this basketball deal uh, because it's going to be, you know, a fluctuating situation uh, where yeah. you may play and be going strong for two, two weeks. And then you may be shut down for, you know, two weeks or whatever. And yeah. so the team is going to be able to rise to the top or is a team that's going to, be uh, able to uh, navigate their way through and continue to play well, uh, even if they do have a um, outbreak. Yeah. Well, it all tips off conference-wise on December 12th with uh, Syracuse and Boston College. Uh, I think all the ACTs are going to play at least one game in December, and then hopefully we can get on into the full league play uh, after that in January. But again, like you said, Charlie, it's all contingent upon can they put in the right safety measures to even get through the season, which quite honestly is probably still very much up in the air. Um, and, and everybody's still trying to sort through it. I know that uh, our um, uh, ACC commissioner, John Swarford, has said over and over and over again, safety is the number one caveat to this season. And uh, I think, and to be honest with you, I think he has really lived by that. Because here's the other thing I was going to say as we go into talking about football. Um, man, we've had a few outbreaks in the ACC, but not as bad as some other conferences. Man, you know, the SEC is getting hit every week. They're having to cancel games. Uh, the Big Ten hasn't even got really out the gate good yet. I mean, it's just—it's really been challenging for college football to get to the end of this season, and uh, the ACC, for the most part, has done a really, actually, a really, really good job of trying to keep everybody safe. And uh, you know, with a few cases here and there with players, but you haven't seen them canceling very many games, and that's—that's that's pretty impressive. So, shout out to John Swafford and the ACC uh, 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 committee and team of, of coaches and staff for at least coming close to some measure of a bubbly kind of thing <laughs> to keep yeah. these kids safe. You know, it's really been impressive. 
Right. I'm not sure. I mean, you know, it's still got some time because uh, all of a sudden the SEC, you know, they just got hit with four four out of seven games getting postponed or canceled this week. Yeah. And so I'm sure some of the teams are excited about that deal because they were playing some um, teams that, you know, they really didn't want to play right now. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's just, um, I mean, I, I, I still go back. I understand the whole deal. And, you know, we got, there's maybe one case or two cases. And, you know, now you got to sideline or quarantine the entire you know, group that, yeah. that that may be maybe tight end group or, you know, I think Pitt had their entire tight end group out right Florida State. Um, it didn't make much of a difference, but it's just the fact that you know one one person can affect five or six people or yeah. more. Yeah. So that's the challenge I keep saying for basketball. You can't sustain that. Uh, one case can can take out. An entire team. Yeah, um, it's way different in basketball. You, it's yeah. um, the numbers aren't quite as plentiful <laughs> to replace a player, so it's going to be interesting to see. But we hopefully, um, you know, Marco asked the question: Are they going to play in a bubble? Uh, as as my understanding is, no. I have not heard anything about a bubble yet. Uh, they are, I, I, and I have not really heard anything about what the fan situation is going to look like as well. Although I think Louisville has put out a few things about fans uh, in, very, in a very limited capacity, but a lot of that's going to be governed by what the, the, the city and, and even the state is going to allow to happen as well. So, listen, all you can do is try to do the best you can to keep the players and coaches safe and the staff safe, and then the rest, you know, you just have to leave it in, leave it in God's hands, I guess. That's the best way to say it, you know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's where we are with that. Um, I want to get into some fun um, talking about this week's football game. And I wouldn't call Miami Clemson, per se, a trap game because I think those are both two high-quality teams, maybe the best two teams in the nation that just really went at it in a very uh, challenging and, 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 and intense manner. However... As we get ready for this week's game, my question is, who might fall into the trap? Because these this week's games, they're challenging in the sense of if a team doesn't if, – if the top contenders don't bring their A game, they're all pretty much playing an opponent that they could lose to, that they absolutely could lose to. And so I want to go through and talk about who those opponents are, who those top contenders are, and what it what would be the reason why they would lose that game. So let's start with um, your one of your favorite teams, Charlie, because I know this young man holds a near place near and dear to your heart, Mister uh, De'Aaron King and the Miami Hurricanes. So is will Miami fall into the trap? This is. They got a tough game against Virginia Tech. Now, Virginia Tech has been up. They've been down. They've been left. They've been right. They have been deeply inconsistent. But they do have some talent. Yeah. And it's it's the kind of talent that if Miami doesn't get off to the start that they 
they are capable of getting off to, and they fall behind the Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is the kind of team that could beat them. So what are your thoughts in regards to Miami falling into the trap? Well, a key component for uh, a key player for uh, Virginia Tech is the uh, kid Herbert, the running back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a big loss for them, you know, with him getting knocked out on the first kickoff uh, return. And so, you know, if he's not able to play and be effective, that takes one of their uh, rushing rushers out, uh, one of the most effective rushers, and then it, it turns over to Hooker, who is, who is a solid runner and a decent passer. Uh, I think he throws it better than um, and makes better decisions than we think, uh, but they just don't give him that many opportunities. Um, and so I think uh, they do have a chance, and it should be a good game because, you know, Miami's been playing close to the vest uh, here, you know, recently. You know, they haven't been blowing teams out, but they've been winning games. Um, and I think they'll win this one, but it's definitely, you know, a hit or miss deal because you don't know which Virginia Tech teams team is going to be present. Yeah. You know, uh, and you know, I don't know. Virginia Tech may have a chip on their shoulder because they lost to Liberty. Um, and they may come back and, and, and play well. So this is a this could be a trap game. But I, I don't think Miami is taking anyone lightly because at this point in time, I mean, you can't take anyone lightly, one. And two, I don't think they have that much of a, a margin, a room for error, uh, to be able to take anyone lightly. Well, here's the deal. Uh, according to the Roanoke Times, uh, it's still up in the air with uh, Khalil Herbert. And 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 he, the uh, coach uh, Fuente did not say one way or another whether or not he's going to play as of two days ago. So uh, I have not heard anything as of, of today as to whether or not he's going to play. So it will it may end up being a game time decision. But you are absolutely correct. Virginia Tech has the kind of running game that if they can control the clock with their running game, gets interesting. Gets really, really interesting really, really fast. Uh, I, I wouldn't say their defense is dynamic, but I will say they, they don't break all the way. Like they they they're they're gonna be they're gonna keep I think they're gonna keep them in this game if they can have a running game that keeps them off the field. So I'm, I'm curious to see where this one going. I don't think Miami's gonna underestimate them, but it is an interesting game. So we will see what happens there. Let's go over to uh, North Carolina, who is going to be taking on um, a Wake Forest team that is trending in the right direction. So I, I, I'm I, curious about this Wake Forest team, because now we're going to see, are they for real? Right. And so... Uh, Let's take this from the North Carolina side. And is this a trap game for um, North Carolina? And one of the reasons why I also bring up is this a trap game for North Carolina is because um, next week, North Carolina will be, well, let me pull it up again. I, I had it and then it disappeared on me. Yeah, North Carolina, uh, is, it not, is it next week or is it the week after? Maybe it's the week after. I think it's the week after. 
Let me pull it up here. This I tell you, the computer technology is failing us right now, Charlie. Well, okay, yes. North Carolina has a big one coming up with Notre Dame, so that's in two weeks. In the uh, looks like the week of Thanksgiving week, I think it's the twenty seventh. So I don't think I don't know if this is a trap game in that regard that they'll be looking that far ahead, but they don't want to. They can't afford to lose another game, that's and correct. this is the kind of game that. If you're not focused, if you're looking toward the break that's coming, you can lose this game. Yes, that is true. Um, and I think uh, – I don't think any teams at this point could be looking ahead because uh, even the top tier – the top teams, uh, Notre Dame, we'll get to them, I know, in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, no team can be looking ahead. I don't think any coaches or players – are looking ahead outside of the, you know each and every game just because uh, the team they're playing North, North Carolina's playing Wake Forest has been solid for the last three or four weeks right um, and so I think they're a formidable formidable opponent um, and it should be a good game I mean North Carolina beat Duke uh, pretty handily but you know the week before they lost Virginia. Um, and then, you know, they had tough times. Of course, they lost Florida State, and they had some tough times um, in other games where they couldn't really put teams away. Um, and so they've kind of had this season where they've been up and down all year um, and really hadn't played a solid game against a solid opponent, I should say, uh, consistently. And so Wake Forest is going to challenge you. Um, you know, they're going to challenge you in a lot of different ways. Uh, and with the in the run game, uh, the passing game, uh, then defensively, you know they're going to challenge you. They're going to be solid. They're not going to get help uh, give you very many big plays. Right. You know, tackle well, and so it's just one of those types of uh, games. If North Carolina can do the right things all the time, consistently, you know, um, by moving the ball, not turning it over, executing on offense. Defensively, they may have some issues, uh, you know, maybe stopping uh, Wake Forest. But when it's all said and done, they should have enough firepower to win the game. Uh, but I don't think it'll be uh, what we were accustomed to when you played against Wake Forest uh, because they are a solid team. Coach Clausen has done an awesome job of, uh, you know, putting a great product out there on the field. Um, they may not be the most talented overall, but what he gets out of that group um, is just simply amazing. It really is. Uh, and they're smart kids, as you know. They're good with yeah. Forest. <laughs> you know, it's, you know what's so interesting about what you just said? Wake Forest and Duke essentially have the same kind of problem. But, man, Wake Forest maximizes their football team like no other. Like, they get what they need out of that team. And I'm, yeah, you're right. I don't know. If North Carolina is really – if they really understand what they're about to walk into, this Wake Forest team is looking at an opportunity to possibly sneak into this game, to the ACC championship game. Because here's what makes everything interesting. North Carolina and Notre Dame still have to play each other. Um, there are some other games that could, could ultimately cancel other teams out. And, and, and if – Chaos starts to ensue. Wake Forest has an outside shot. Right. So they're looking at that and saying, no, we're gonna they're gonna bring their A game. So 
if North Carolina doesn't muster the offense that they are capable of, or at least we thought they were capable of at the beginning of the season, this could easily go left. Which brings me to this question. Is this is Wake Forest essentially trapping North Carolina? Because they North Carolina, I don't know if they get just how good this Wake Forest team is. Because it's easy to look at them and say, oh, they haven't played anybody. They, they haven't played the level of competition that we have. And to be fooled into thinking they're not as good. When the truth of the matter is, Wake Forest has done exactly what teams do when they're better than weaker teams. They beat them. Yeah. And that's what you want. And that's what that's what you're looking for. So there's something about Wake Forest that is working. And I haven't seen yet where Wake Forest has beat themselves in a game. Right. So you gotta go out and beat them, or they will beat you. That's my thought of that. So are they baiting North Carolina into the trap? Um, I don't know if it's either or, but I just think it's going to be a game where both teams aren't looking past each other. Um, I, I, I don't think that happens quite quite a bit, uh, you know, as much as people think. But, you know, some people do play down to the level of the competition, uh, but championship-level teams don't do that. I mean, they, right. they play, and the score dictates that uh, because that's the way they, they compete. Uh, but I think this game, you know, North Carolina, of course, has been high on, you know, high in the rankings and those types of things. And Wake right. Forest has kind of brought itself up. But they're kind of in the same, you know, boat um, when it comes to the record is close. Uh, yeah. And, you know, they're both comparable football teams. Um, and, of course, they have their strengths and they have, both have their weaknesses. But I, I think when it's all said and done, it's going to really come down to, of course, who can who who makes the least amount of mistakes, turnovers, and who can capitalize in the red zone. I mean, that's a, that's every team. But when you have two teams that are very similar, you know, kicking field goals is not good um, in the red zone. Right. Um, and so it's important to see who can get in the red zone and who can score. Um, that team more than likely will have the advantage. How do you, Charlie, you're a coach, how do you lock in for a Wake Forest? Because they don't have that dynamic player. They don't have that that uh, quote-unquote killer player that's just going to tear you up. Uh, they got solid players. Hartman is solid. Walker has been solid. Uh, Bill Smith has been solid, the running backs. Robinson has been okay, but there's no real dynamic superstar player, but everybody just does their job. When you look across their offensive roster, everybody just does their job efficiently, and and, and that's how they win. So when you, if you're a North Carolina, how do you prepare for that? Because you don't have a target. You, are you just saying, well, here, everybody just do your job, or how, do you, how would you prepare your team for that? Uh, well... Of course, you always have to find their strengths. Um, and whatever their strengths are, you have to work to take away something um, and force them to play to their weaknesses. Um, and so if they're a balanced team, then you need to say, we're going to take away the run game and force them to throw the football. Um, or we're going to take away the passing game by playing the three-man front and dropping – uh, dropping, um, you know, eight 
in the coverage, but also having some run blitzes uh, along the way to be able to confuse them, uh, putting pressure on the quarterback. Um, all those things, when you start looking at trying to break down uh, the team, you're trying to find that weakness. I mean, whatever their strength is, trying to find a way to, to, to make them play to their weakness. Um, and so, uh, but when it's all said and done, you know, you're working, if they have a very good offense, then offensively you want to make sure that you are possessing the football uh, consistently, not giving them more opportunities than you're having. Mm. Uh, and then defensively, you know, the goal is if they get to the red zone, you got to make them kick field goals. Um, and that's what most great defenses do. Uh, they may give up a lot of yards. I think, uh, I'm not sure who it was. Uh, might have been Notre Dame. Uh, they gave up a lot of yards, but they were, I know Clemson at one point were giving up a lot of yards, but they right. were making Notre Dame kick field goals, uh, which kept Clemson in the game early on. And so I just think if you can make teams kick field goals in the red zone, it gives you a very good chance to, you know, win the game, but also keep you in the game uh, when things may not be going well. Looking at this from a North Carolina perspective, where would you put your focus at? Would you put your focus on stopping uh, Javon Williams and Michael Carter, the running tandem that they have who have just been dynamic all season long? Or would you say, I'm going to make Sam Howe beat me? Because uh, uh, he's kind of struggled this year. Like He has not had the breakout year that a lot of us, including myself, thought that he would have. Would you, if you're Wake Forest, say, we're going to stop the run and make Sam Howell beat it? Um, I mean, Sam Howell has put up great numbers um, over the course of this year. Uh, but he's also made some big mistakes. And so, you know, one of the things that I would you know, really focus on from, North, from you know, whenever I'm thinking about a defense in North Carolina um, is finding a way to corral their run game. Yeah. Uh, keeping them, keeping the running backs, you know, two to three yards um, or four yards or less, especially on first down, just trying to minimize, uh, you know, short yardage on second down. Um, and so, of course, they have dynamic running backs, uh, but they have been to a point where the running backs haven't been efficient um, or effective, uh, you know, early on in the games because teams were looking to take them away. Right. Forced uh, the quarterback in. Also, Sam Howell has had some trouble uh, with pressure uh, because when he's gotten some pressure, uh, he's, uh, you know, forced some balls. He's, you know, giving up some turnovers and trying to make plays when uh, he was making them. When he was, when he was trying to make plays, he made them, but then ended up, you know, causing himself either turnover because he was trying to do too much with the football, or yeah. throwing away, and those intentional grounding, those types of things. And so I would just say, you know, try to eliminate the run game as much as possible without having to blitz and put your uh, corners and safeties in one-on-one -on -one situations. Or if you do that, you have to minimize it um, or show late pressure. So um, that's one way that I know I've seen teams uh, handle uh, North Carolina, and they've been effective uh, with that. 
It's going to be a good game. I think that's going to be a sneaky good game this, this weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Uh, North Carolina State could be the great mystery of the ACC right now. Uh, and they play Florida State. Your Seminoles. Mm-hmm. Now, some might say they should have no problem. But again, North Carolina State has been the great mystery all season long. And if, if if I'm Florida State, this is the game that I would have circled over the last couple of weeks and said, okay, we can get back on track in this game because we can take away what? Um, North Carolina State, you, you got to force um, Hoffman, Bailey Hoffman, to, mm-hmm. um, you know, throw into traffic. Um, he has some very good receivers. I know the tight end is dynamic. Right. Um, and, you know, he does a good job of throwing it short um, to open up deep. Uh, but you definitely have to get into passing lanes, making throws uh, tight. Uh, but the biggest key for Florida State is not so much them catching the football, it's them getting tackled short uh, in the open field. Because um, their run game, I don't think, is as stout. Uh, that you have to commit a whole lot of people at the line of scrimmage. And so uh, I, I do believe if you can uh, give Bailey Hockman um, some different looks uh, without, you know, giving him easy throws. And easy throws to me are, you know, you're showing blitz and you blitz. And now you know he knows uh, that he has one-on-one and where to go, where he wants to go to football. Um, and But if you show blitz and you – you know, throw stunts at him and you blitz five and drop, you know, uh, the others um, in some form or fashion, then it's a lot more efficient. And uh, then you, you may get a couple turnovers here and there, uh, but you, you got to eliminate uh, him having a big game in the air. Uh, and But Florida State, of course, we haven't been able to uh, eliminate too many teams uh, from a defensive standpoint. Uh, with moving the football, having them move the football on us all season and scoring points in that. I'm, I'm very curious to see if, given the opportunity, can this defense step up in a situation like this? Because one thing that's interesting about North Carolina State, uh, Zonovan, Zonovan Knight and, and Ricky Pearson are good, but they're not great. They're, they're just okay. okay. And that is a that is a offense that I think you can make one dimensional relatively quickly. And I'm curious to see because Florida State, we've been saying it all season long, and I think at some point they're gonna prove us right that they are have a lot of talent on that defensive side of the ball. Now, this is the game that they can I think they might have some advantages uh that they can take advantage of. And I'm curious to see if they go ahead and try to focus on stopping the run, just stopping that all together. Because these guys on average, they're not, they're not world beaters averaging on you know yards per carry. I think Zonovan averages like five and uh, Ricky averages like four per, per carry. But so these aren't world beaters. These guys can be stopped. So I'm curious to see if Florida State's defensive talent will rise to the occasion in this game and do exactly what you're talking about. Put uh, Ackman in a situation where he's got to beat him, uh, but he's throwing in the double coverages, 
and he's trying to he's got he's holding the ball, which given those great uh, defensive ends time to get to him in the, in the backfield. So I'm curious to see. This is I think this is the kind of game Florida State could rally their season around. Uh, well, you know I always have hope, um, but I'm always uh, I love about you know optimistic because I hadn't seen it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, with guys being hurt for the year, some guys opting out to, uh, you know, for personal reasons. Yeah. Um, and it's just, uh, you just don't know when you're playing young guys. And I think that's something we're in the stage of doing right now. Um, and so still not sure if Jordan Travis is going to play. Um, not sure what the word was last week while he, you know, while he was out. A lot what put him out uh, the second half. Um, but it's just, uh, you know, North Carolina State, I thought last week, played with great passion and energy. Absolutely. Um, and force. But Miami just, they just, they just made, they, they one up them. Yeah. They made some solid throws. DJ made solid throws. They made great catches. Um, and they beat them on the blitz. You know, they had a great blitz package, um, you know, side adjustments, slants, um, different ways to be able to beat the blitz. And when you do that, you know, it doesn't take them long. It doesn't take them one time for you to beat them. Right. Um, but you just have to time everything up and you have to block it up. Um, and so I think that's something Florida State, you know, have, they got to improve improve upon. Um, and, and defensively, if they can stop the run with the, the front seven, uh, then it will definitely be able to help uh, the back end uh, because now the back end, they got to be able to hold up at least for three seconds, three or four seconds. Right. I know that's a lot, but a lot of time. But at least have to hold up to where guys aren't running scot-free uh, to be able to give the defense alignment um, an opportunity to get back there in the court, like you said, the quarterback holding the football because he doesn't have anyone open. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see who steps up in Florida State, you know, with Marvin Wilson out now um, with an injury. And, of course, you know, some of that, I'm not sure 100%, but I'm sure some of it's precautionary uh, moving forward. It is probably an injury. More than likely it is an injury, but it's one that you don't want to risk, especially in their case. Uh, you want to risk uh, playing out a season where really, I mean, you're 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 not playing for anything outside of just experience. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if some of those younger uh, defense, I mean, uh, defense tackles and the we got still got the veteran uh, defensive ends and some of the right. younger guys are playing now. Uh, we'll see if some of those guys can step up and help in the run game to eliminate, you know, big plays in the run game. Yeah. Well, a game that I think everybody's going to have their eyes on in the country is actually uh, a midday game that features the team that did win last week, uh, Notre Dame. Uh, Did I get the right? Did I forget? There they are. There's Notre Dame popped up on the screen. Uh, Notre Dame has... I guess you can still call this a rivalry game, kind of, sort of, <laughs> against Boston College. And uh, it'll be interesting to see because, again, Boston College, one of those teams 
that has interesting parts, and those parts tend to produce wins. They are five and three. Yurkovich has been playing better. He's actually been playing better as the season has progressed. Uh, and so I'm curious to see if they can pull this out. And, and here's what's interesting, Charlie. I'm hearing a lot of people around the country pick Boston College to win this game. I don't know why, but. Yeah. I, I, I just don't think, uh, I think Boston College is a solid team. Um, and, you know, I, if Notre Dame was relying upon one guy, then I would say, okay, from an offensive standpoint, but n now they have great balance. And yeah. so, you know, with the run game and the offensive line, I think they'll do well. And then Ian Book is, you know, played well last week. Um, I think he's improving uh, to the point where, now, when he throws, draws back to throw the football, you're expecting him to make a, uh, the right play, uh, whether it's, you know, on time uh, throw or off schedule, where he's making things happen with his legs and finding, you know, buying time and giving guys an opportunity to get open. So I'm not sure if uh, Boston College has enough because Notre Dame's defense is solid. Uh, and so um, – I don't know what what Boston College would be, what what problems they would present. The only thing that they can hope for is that Notre Dame doesn't come uh, ready and prepared to play from a mentality standpoint, from an energy standpoint. Uh, because if Notre Dame is ready to play and they play with great energy and execute the way they're capable of executing, then yeah. the game shouldn't be uh, close. I 100% agree. Uh, the one thing I think Notre Dame is is looking forward to, just like North Carolina is looking forward to, is a break. And they know they have that coming if they win this game. So, um, yeah, it's going to be tough. But but I don't know why people are really going, saying this could be an upset trap game. But it should be interesting when, um, going forward. All right, Charlie, I am ready. I hope you are too. Let's do what we do on, a, on Wednesday slash Thursday. Let's pick them. So let's start with that Miami Virginia Tech. It's a noon Eastern game, 11 a.m. Central on ESPN. I got ESPN too. It's actually on ESPN. So what say you, Charlie Warren? Miami versus Virginia Tech. What do you got? Um, you know, it's a tough. This should be a tough game. Um, Virginia Tech playing at home. And, of course, they played at home last week against Liberty as well and uh, ended up losing that game. But I – it depends on Herbert. You know, I don't know what his status is, uh, but I, I'm going to go with uh, Miami. Okay. Uh, in the game. Um, I, I know last week they had a, you know, rough, rough time, had to make a comeback, uh, but they found a way to do it um, and – or they relied upon DJ to uh, offensively to be able to help him out, and then defensively they get a stop um, late to uh, preserve the game with a pick. So I'm going to go with Miami, but I think Hooker, if they would allow him to throw the football more, just to open up that run game uh, even more, uh, then they would be a viable choice. But 
I don't think they're going to let him throw it enough to be able to, you know, be well balanced. Well, I'll say this. If Khalil Herbert plays, it's going to be a lot closer than people think it's going to be. If he doesn't, then I see Miami beating them. Uh, I see Miami beating them anyway, but if Khalil Herbert plays, the game's going to be a lot closer are going to be comfortable with. Yeah. All right, we go to Wake Forest in North Carolina again. That's 11 a.m. on the ACC Network. That's another good one that I think is going to be a lot better than people think it's going to be. What's it, what say you, Charlie Ward? Uh, well, I'm going to go with North Carolina simply because they're playing at home. Um, and I do think Wake Forest, you know, will give them a good run. Uh, but I do think the home team will prevail because it's a, you know, they're both in the same boat. Uh, I think one may be five and two or yeah. the other one's four and two. Um, and so it's just a matter of who's going to, uh, you know, not make the most mistakes, the normal stuff. Uh, but I'm going to give North Carolina the, the edge. Wake Forest has been waiting on the signature win all season long. Okay. They did it this weekend. They get their signature win this weekend. They pull out the upset in North Carolina, which is not really an away game, if you think about it. It's just right down the road. So, so I'm going to Wake Forest on this one. I think Wake Forest gets their signature win and creates havoc in the ACC. <laughs> All right, Notre Dame and Boston College. Charlie, are you going with some of the pundits that think this is the this is the uh, definition of a trap game? Um, I don't think it's a trap game, but I, I think it will be you know close early uh, with Boston College and Notre Dame uh, with them trying to wake up more than likely uh, from a big win, coming off a big win. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do believe overall Notre Dame has a solid uh, ba balance, I should say, in their offense to be able to uh, not feel like they have to, you know, be one one dimensional. Yeah. Um, so they can rely on the run game and not Ian Book is making good decisions in the pass game more. Um, I think, you know, now they feel comfortable. And like I said, if they come and play with great energy, uh, I don't think Boston College will have a chance, uh, but I do believe Boston College will play well at home, uh, but I still don't think they'll get the win. So I'm going Notre Dame. You know, I, I think Notre Dame found something last week, and and, and and more specifically, I think Ian Book found something. He played with a confidence that, quite honestly, I don't think I've ever seen him play with. Uh, and as that game progressed, he got better and better and better. And maybe – Finally, turned the corner and became the player that a lot of us thought he could potentially be. I think Notre Dame wants to send a message for the rest of the year and for the rest of the season. I think they got their eyes focused on the ACC title game now. They know it's in reach. They know they're in route. I don't think they, they look back now. I got Notre Dame on this one. Hey, I have a good question. Yeah. So, after we make our picks, right? Uh-huh. And after the the testing goes on like today. Okay. Friday. How, how do we go back and say, well, such and such is not playing. 
and that's a big key to the it game. Is key. How do we go back and and, and John, John that's a great question. I do not know. Because <laughs> it's you're right. Yeah. Well, but listen, Bet Online doesn't give you your money back on the player that's playing. You are stuck. So you you better get your inside game on. If you know some people, you better call them. Um, but you're right. I don't know how that works. I, I, I guess you just stuck with the pick you made, and you just got to hope the team can, uh, or as the old saying says, next man up. So, yes, so. yeah, Louisville and Virginia, uh, not a lot to play for except for pride here. Uh, two teams that are building something. Uh, should be an interesting one. This one's at uh, Virginia. Uh, it's a 2.30 start time, uh, 2.30 central start time, 3.30 uh, Eastern start time on the ACC network. Who you got in this one, Charlie? Um, I like Louisville's um, runner, uh, running running game. Uh, yes. Number 10, Hawkins. Yeah, Javian Hawkins, yeah. yeah. I really like him. Uh, Malik Cunningham, of course. Uh, he's kind of up and down the passing game, which, you know, concerns me a little bit. Virginia has a very good, you know, defense when it comes to pass rush. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, just, they're solid defense overall uh, for the most part. So I'm just – I'm going to go up 100% on their, their offense. They're kind of up and down. Um, Armstrong is up and down. Um and I don't know if Louisville, Louisville had, you know, if their guys that were out due to COVID are back yet. Maybe they are. Right. Uh, and if they are, you know, the kid Montgomery, uh, the linebacker is a big, big loss for them um, the other day. I think when they played Virginia Tech. So I'm going with Virginia. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm with Virginia. And I believe that their defense – is uh, solid, and they'll find a way to um, shut. I would say shut down Hawkins, but give him tough, tough uh, ways to go, and then put pressure on uh, Malik Cunningham. Virginia has lost to Clemson, North Carolina State, Wake Forest, and Miami, but somehow that same team beat North Carolina in uh, uh, their highest outpouring of the season. I don't know how they pulled it off, but they did. If So it depends on which team shows up. If the team that played North Carolina shows up, Louisville could have their hands full. If the team that showed up for those other four losses shows up, Louisville should win easily. I On paper, it should be Louisville. I, I'm going to go with Louisville because that's my team, but I, I don't feel real comfortable with it, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, shout out to you, Ron. We see you out there. Appreciate you and Bill Bassett for showing up. Uh, Bill said that Wake Forest thing would be huge. I agree. I agree. It would be a massive win for them if they can pull it off. But on this game, I'm going with Louisville. But uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any stretch of that thing. I just don't think Louisville has a blowout in them this year. <laughs> say that, and then they'll go beat Virginia by 50. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Pitt and Georgia Tech. Uh, this one is uh, – a home game for Georgia Tech. Pitt coming off a, a, a good performance. 6 p.m. start, 7 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Uh, Central time on ESPN3. Who you got for this one, Charlie? 
Uh, well, of course, I'm going to go with Pitt. Um, I just believe their defense is solid, um, and they'll harass the young guy, young fella, uh, on this game and confuse him like they confused the other guys against, you know, the quarterbacks of Florida State with all the movement and, you know, uh, stunts and the coverages. Uh, they never could figure out, you know, the coverages that they were running, and so they were throwing into, you know, a cover three uh, where the guys were dropping down late. Um, and so I just believe that they'll continue to uh, wreak havoc on another young guy uh, that they know they're doing, but he doesn't know what they're doing. Right, right. Um, and then, of course, offensively with Pickett uh, being back, not sure. Hopefully he's he's fine this week after, you know, playing really, really well on a bum ankle, uh, you know. And, and so I just feel like Pitt, uh, will have what it takes to to win, even though they're playing on the road again. I wonder what this season would have been like with a healthy Kenny Pickett all season long, because he's not a bad quarterback. Uh, he's actually played pretty decently this season. Uh, but but because he wasn't healthy all season, he's not going to be a hundred percent this game. They'll win, but it won't be the blowout. That defense is too tough. And, and you're right, Georgia Tech, I, I just don't think that young quarterback is ready to see what he's going to see this particular uh, Saturday. So, yeah, give me Pitt in that one as well. Uh, our final pick of the day is uh, your Seminoles, man, against North Carolina State. Can they go get it done in, in Carter-Finley Stadium? Well, you know, I'm always hopeful. And... Um... I haven't seen a game yet that I've been hopeful and they've, you know, actually played well. Um, you know, they may have played play well for a quarter or a half, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the wheels fall off in a lot of areas and then they have to fight their way and what have you. So maybe you should go the opposite way, Charlie. Yeah, I think I am. You know, <laughs> on Seminoles, you know, um, I'm going to go with North Carolina State. There you go. Change, change my fortunes when it comes to the win. Um, you know, North Carolina State, of course, they play with great passion, especially at home. Um, and, you know, Baylor Hockman, of course, a former Florida State, uh, who transferred out uh, to North Carolina State. And now he's getting an opportunity to play against the school that recruited him and brought him. He went, actually went to school there. So he wants to prove himself. Uh, but I'm going to go to North Carolina State hoping that this pick will help my Seminoles play with great passion, execute the guys, the young guys going to be playing, give them opportunity to play the offensive line, the defensive line, everyone who can, can, can um, unify themselves and, and play at a high level uh, because I don't think the expectation of the people on the outside is that high. Yeah. And hopefully they can go out and and play differently to show people that this is the type of team we can be uh, looking long term. Because, you know, as we said, I mean, next week is going to be a tough one, you know, against Clemson. Right. And, you know, I picked them to win four out of the next, the next or three out of the next four or whatever it was because um, they had Pitt, NC State, and then Duke after the Clemson. And so – it was just one of those things, but now I'm like, 
we get a win out of these out of this group. But I just know Coach Norville. Norville is uh, doing everything that he can do to um, to get guys bought in um, and playing, you know, at a, at a at a level that can win. Uh, so, but I'm gonna go with North Carolina State. I, I'm gonna help you out, Charlie, and I'm gonna go with uh, North Carolina State as well, so that your Seminoles will know we picked against them. And maybe, that, maybe that's the caveat they need to get fired up. Our legend, Charlie Ward, picked against us. Oh, man, we got to go get this victory now to prove Charlie wrong. So go to so Seminoles, go prove Charlie wrong. Yes, prove me wrong. I would love it. Now, Marco is way ahead of the curve right now. He said Florida State's going to upset Clemson. Slow down there, Marco. I'm going to say All right. <laughs> Bill said that'd be a wonderful dream. That would be a wonderful dream. And uh, we need, you know, quite a few guys to miss. <coughs> Clemson, you know, they, they are reeling a little bit from injuries, uh, but I'm sure they'll all be healthy in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works, right? That's how it works. Just in time to play your favorite game, right? Exactly. That's how it works. Well, listen, it's been another great one, man. I really appreciate being able to do this show with you, man. Um, it's hopefully because of your pick, we can pounce on the pack. There you go. Yeah. That's, what, that's what we're hoping, Bill. We're saying, go get them, Seminole. Go get them. This is your time. This is your moment. Yes. Pull out the upset. We need somebody that needs a group of people to step up uh, here defensively and offensively because we've been kind of just going through the motions, uh, you know, playing hard for the most part. But not getting the type of results that we want. So hopefully we continue to play hard and get results. I agree. I agree. It should be an interesting ACC week. Um, and 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 here's what's going to be interesting: a lot, all eyes are basically going to be on the ACC because the SEC is not playing pretty much. And <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's wondering what these ACC teams are going to be doing this week. So but we got to be praying that you know we still got a few days left because you know they. Wednesday is a test day, and then yeah. Friday is a test day. Yeah. So in this day and age, like I said before. Anything can happen. You're so right, man. There are more cases. Uh, there are less cases, but there are more contact tracing sitting out. And so you never know in this day and age, uh, you know, one test, positive test, can knock out a whole position group. And next thing you know, game's in jeopardy. Well, thank you, Bill. Appreciate you for uh, supporting us and everybody that watches our show uh, on Facebook, at, uh, on the Noisemaker page. We appreciate all of you coming out and watching us. And then also, we appreciate those who find us on their pod favorite podcast site, be it Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll be able to hear this show tomorrow at noon. So there you go. So listen, I've enjoyed myself. I love the pick. It's interesting. We got a couple of differences here that will probably make the difference. We're really close. I think we're within two or three games of each other. You got kind of a slight lead on me, but hopefully I can, I might be able to catch you this weekend with a couple of my picks. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right, bro. All right. Well, guys, you've been listening to Believe in the ACC. That's Charlie Ward. I am Lloyd Spence, and we will be back next Monday night here on Facebook. This You'll be able to hear this podcast on Tuesday at noon, and then we'll be back again on Wednesday uh, doing it all over again. Thank you, Charlie. I appreciate you, man. All right. Thanks for having me.
And all right, we're gonna try and get a special guest next week. Oh yeah, I heard, I heard a rumor about something. We'll be we'll talk about that more on Monday. So guys, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. You have been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward and Lloyd Spence. You can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on the Believe Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts can be heard. You can also watch Charlie and Lloyd on Facebook, on the Noisemakers page, and on YouTube on the Noise Media YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and follow on all our platforms. And we will keep taking you inside the ACC. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.